Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Toddcast, The Teacher Podcast, an informative podcast that explores a variety of teaching and educational experiences while still offering insights into improving and upskilling teachers. Join your host, Todd Broadbent, as he explores the wide and varied lives of educators from every sector, exploring fundamental concepts that are pivotal to good teaching, while also discussing the lighter side of the educational sector. Welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. For the 20th episode of the Toddcast, the teacher podcast, I had the wonderful opportunity of interviewing Charlotte Kidd, the founder of Grow Professional Learning. Before Charlotte started Grow PL, she taught physical education and science for five years and also completed her Master of Teaching with a focus around professional learning. In response to completing her Master's in Teaching, Charlotte founded Grow PL in 2021, which is an online professional learning platform for Australian teachers. Grow PL has a huge range of courses covering a range of different areas that teachers can choose from. Charlotte's motto is Grow is about coming together as a community to nurture ourselves as educators so that we, in turn, can nurture our students. Throughout this episode, Charlotte will be sharing her educational journey, the reason why she decided to become a teacher, where did the passion for PL come from, what is the purpose of PL, best ways to transfer PL into the classroom, how should schools structure their PL and differentiation for PL for staff, what to remember when presenting PL, her top five tips to get the most out of PL, and a discussion around Grow PL, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Charlotte. Welcome to the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm great. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, well, it's wonderful to have you on, and it's a particular area that we're going to talk about today in PL that I'm really interested in, so it's fantastic to have you on today, and I'm really looking forward to having a deeper discussion about that, and you're also sharing all your thoughts and ideas. So yeah, it's an absolute privilege to have you on today. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So we'll get underway. Have you got a highlight of the day today? I do have a highlight of today, actually. Uh, I am running a live professional learning webinar on the 1st of June, and I sold out today. (laughs) Hey, that's exciting. Um, Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm actually, I'm going to open up more tickets because I don't like the idea of people missing out. But uh, what I originally originally planned for, uh, I sold out of. So that was today. I was really excited. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. Well, congratulations. Well done. Thank you. And we'll go back to when you're a student. Uh, what were you like as a student? I was pretty much exactly the same as I am now. I was a little loud and easily overexcited, um, but also quite highly self-motivated. Um, I wasn't one of those kids that, you know, my parents never really had to nag me or remind me to do my homework or study. Uh, I don't think at the time that I recognized it, but I actually just really love learning uh, and that has never really changed. Yeah, wonderful. And do you have a favorite moment from school? Yeah, so I thought about this. Um, It's hard because if I'm completely honest, I had quite a mixed experience when I was at school. I was very, very lucky with the school that I went to. I went to a private girls school in Melbourne with a really beautiful reputation. But in hindsight, it was too big for me. Mm -hmm. And I would have done better at a school that had smaller cohort sizes. So honestly, I think that my favorite moments were probably the camps that we went on, which I know sounds like a bit of a cop out initially, (laughs) Um, but hear me out here. I had really, really great teachers and I had really great friends, but day-to-day school was fairly easy for me. And I wasn't often really that academically challenged unless I was in the maths classroom. (laughs) Um, so my most memorable moments were the camps we did lots of outdoor multi-day hiking type camps and I just think that as a teenager trying to work out who you are and where you fit in in the world there's no better place to do that than on the side of a mountain Um, And I'm really, really grateful looking back on it that my school invested in not only making us great at 
classroom academics, but making us great as people. And as a teacher now, I know that not every school necessarily has the luxury of being able to do that. So I'm really grateful that mine did. Yeah, beautiful. Did you have to carry like the big backpacks and have the tents and set all them up? Oh, yes, all of that. <laughs> yeah, I had some similar experiences. We actually, uh, you know, on camp, we ended up, the weather was that bad and it was that cold that we got evacuated like halfway through. It was that bad at one stage. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, enjoyable. Like I did enjoy them, but I, I must say I don't love camping as much anymore. But um, <laughs> as you said, it's, uh, it makes you grow up a lot and mm -hmm. those kind of experiences are fantastic. So I can see why you pick that as one of your favourite. Yeah. <laughs> So now tell me about yourself and, and what you're currently doing now, Charlotte. So this is my fourth year out of the classroom. When I first left the classroom, I went to an ed tech company where I was using my teaching skill set to support teachers with the resources that my company provided. And at that company, I then moved into providing professional learning courses for teachers. And that's sort of where I really found my passion. And during COVID-19, with all of the lockdowns that I know are a collective traumatic memory for us, um, I ran weekly live professional learning webinars to about 1,500 teachers across Australia. And it all just really clicked. The company I worked for was really, really great, but professional learning was sort of only one of a bigger picture for them. It wasn't their main focus. So last year I decided to leave and start my own company providing professional learning for teachers, uh, which we launched at the start of this year. So that's what is currently taking up all of my time. Yeah, wonderful. Fantastic. And we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your your little business you've started now. We'll have a bit more of a deeper discussion about that as well. I'm looking forward to that. And the reason that you decided that you wanted to become a teacher initially? I'm going to give you the corniest response here. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to it. Here we go. I just do not think that the potential impact that a teacher can have on a student is something that you can understate. Yes, things like their home life and their friends and things like that are all factors, but honestly, teachers are just so incredibly important. My favorite people are teachers. I am continually inspired by all of my fellow teachers and what they're doing for their students. And it really is very true that without teachers, everything else falls apart. <laughs> You don't get any doctors, you don't get any lawyers or pilots or engineers without teachers. And I think that I went into teaching in the same way that I think people like nurses go into nursing with this really burning desire to make a really positive impact on even just a tiny little corner of the world. Yeah, wonderful. No, love that answer. And I'm glad that <laughs> you jumped into that profession because we need people that are really passionate and want the best for students that you're teaching. So I think that is wonderful yeah. that we've got someone like you that wanted to do that and and I think the great thing about teachers is there's so many people that want to do the exact same thing that you've mentioned which is mm -hmm. they're not there for themselves they're there for the students which is great yeah yeah absolutely and uh it sounds like you will here did you have a teacher or teachers throughout your schooling that inspired you yes yes I did <laughs> my high school physical education teacher. Um, I was trying to think about it. I'm not actually 100% sure which year level she taught me and I think it was year eight, but I idolized her. <laughs> she was just exactly what I needed at the time. She was really, really great academically from a subject perspective, but it was way, way beyond that. She actually just understood who I was as a person she made me feel really accepted and really validated and really seen. Uh, and as I mentioned, I went to a really big school and that didn't necessarily suit me really well. So that was something that I did struggle with. And she really got that and she made me feel like I mattered. Um, she actually left while I was still at the school. And later I ran into her at a teaching conference. <laughs> Irony of all ironies. And I'm yep. pretty sure I overwhelmed her when I ran up to her and bombarded her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And it sounds like she built a really strong relationship with you. And I think the good thing about all the teachers that have mentioned someone that inspired them throughout their schooling, it's the ones that 
have cared for them and, and built a relationship mm. with them as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. uh, you're from a very similar position as well. So where did the passion for professional learning or PL come from? And then also doing your master's in professional learning. So I've always been a very highly analytical person and really interested in problem solving. And when I see something not working, I immediately want to know why and how to fix it. (laughs) Um, And that can be anything. And when I stepped into teaching after university, I sort of immediately noticed a problem with a lot of PL. And I don't want to like blanket bash professional learning here. There is a lot of really, really good professional learning out there, absolutely. But I do think that for the average teacher, our experience with professional learning, it's just not consistent. Like it's not consistently great. And when we go to PL and we take the time out of our really insanely busy lives to go, I just don't think that that's okay. (laughs) Um, And even really great professional learning can often fail to make a lasting impact on our teaching practice. And so I saw this pattern for myself and also all of my colleagues around me. And so it sort of became this sort of twofold problem that was bobbling around in my mind. The short-term problem that the PL itself may or may not be great. And I just don't think that as teachers, we need that or deserve that. I don't think it's okay for us to be taking this gamble of, I could go to this PL and it might be amazing, but I might also walk out at the end of the day thinking, well, I probably could have spent that day at school. Um, And then a second problem was this long-term problem, which isn't necessarily linked to the first one. Um, And that's the notion of that long-term change. And I would see, you know, teachers who'd been teaching 20 years, really, really excellent teachers want to grow and learn new teaching approaches. And they'd come back from a PL inspired and really invigorated and wanting to implement what they'd learned. And they would for about a week. Mm. <laughs> and then they would just go back to, you know, they get caught up in school. You know, why is that kid crying? I need to mark some work. I've got an assessment coming up. And it kind of makes the whole exercise, unfortunately, a colossal waste of time when it doesn't actually change our teaching practice. Now, again, this doesn't happen 100% of the time, but it does happen a lot. And in my opinion, I just don't think it should happen at all. So I grappled with these two things for about a year, and then I decided I wanted to do something. And so I went back to university, I did my Master of Education, and I looked at the reasons that we as teachers struggle to make lasting change um, after a professional learning, regardless of if the professional learning experience was great or maybe not so great. So yeah, if you, you know, if you take an average teacher's year of PL, they might pick a couple events themselves. Uh, The school might mandate some, their head of department or head of faculty might pick some. And so straight away you have PL coming from two or three different sources. And when someone else is picking, they're picking what they want you to learn, which isn't necessarily what you're interested in for your own teaching growth. So, yeah, I went back to uni to try and work out a solution. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's uh, extremely fascinating. I was really enjoying listening to you just then sharing all that. And it is a a lot of things I'm just thinking, yep, yep, yep. I'm just thinking, yes, I agree with a lot of things you're saying there. So um, well done for having that passion and going back and doing your master's and looking a little bit deeper into it. I think it's um, credit to you. And obviously you've done a lot of study and a lot of research and a lot of hard work into that as well. So um, credit to yourself there. So going and talking about with the teaching as well, do you miss being in the classroom? I do. I miss my kids terribly. (laughs) If anyone wants a relief teacher, (laughs) sing out. Um, Our school's looking for plenty at the moment, so... (laughs) Yeah, I really miss my kids. I miss the students. I mean, um, going back to why I went into teaching and why a lot of teachers go into teaching, we go into it for the kids. Um, And, you know, even if everything else around us is on fire, if our kids are good, generally that's enough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
it, yeah, it's a hard one because you've got that passion for that PL and, and what you're doing now. And then, but yeah, you also miss that that classroom thing. It's a, mm. unfortunately, you can't get that happy medium at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have a bit more of a deeper look into uh, professional learning and PL, if that's okay. Absolutely. Beautiful. So what do you see the purpose of PL being? So I think you can narrow this down to essentially improving our teaching practice and staying current with new approaches and techniques. There's probably a lot of different answers that you can give there and there's lots of different sort of side benefits as well that I could talk about, but I think that that's really the crux of it. And what do you think the biggest troubles and issues are with PL currently? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I touched on it before when I talked about my master mm. research, but I think that it's twofold. So I think the first problem is that quality variation where some is really great, but some isn't. And as teachers, I just don't think that we have the time to waste attending PL that's not excellent. But it's also really hard for us to tell if it's going to be excellent before we go. You know, there are some sort of really trusted big name PL providers out there where you know that it's going to be great. But a lot of PL, we don't necessarily know before we go what we are going to be able to get from it. And also, it's not necessarily the PL in terms of its quality, but us as an individual teacher, you know, if you and I go to the same PL, you might think it's great. And I might walk out going, I knew all of that and that wasn't helpful. Hmm. So it's also sort of an individual teacher preference as well. Uh, so I think that that's one of the kind of big problems is just that variation in quality and in what we get out of PL when we attend it. Uh, the other problem is that failure to make a lasting impact on our teaching practice. And don't get me wrong, it is absolutely possible. It absolutely happens, but it's not common. And often what makes it possible is actually an awful lot of time and energy on our part as the teacher after a professional learning experience has taken place. We have to go away and sit down and spend hours planning how we're going to implement the thing that we've learned and even maybe coming up with resources in order to do that. So it's really time heavy on our part to make that lasting impact. And again, I just don't think that that should be on the teacher. Yeah, and I think that's I think that is a major issue because you you do the the PL or whatever it might be, but you probably need that three or four hours afterwards to be able to kind of reflect as if it was with a group of people or just as an individual, just to reflect and and think about how you're going to implement it and all those kind of things. Mm. And you do need that time to be able to do it, but a lot of the time you don't have, as you're saying, you don't have that time to be able to reflect on what the PD or the, the PL was to be able to then go and then implement it into your classroom or into the whole school mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you might have time to do it, you know, once or twice, but to do that consistently after every single PL that we're attending is just not a reasonable expectation of us as teachers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I recently went to a writing one, which was, it was fantastic, a really great PL. And the best thing was at the end is we actually kind of sat down for an hour afterwards. We kind of finished a bit early and we actually sat down and, and shared what we got out of it. What was something we'd like to implement? How could we do that? And we actually put a bit of a plan as a whole junior team about what we could be doing with our with our writing lessons um, to take away for next time. And that was probably the best part about it in the end. Like the PL was fantastic and got heaps out of it, but it was great to be able to just sit down and reflect about what everyone else got out of it and then what we're going to do about it to then continue, um, as you're saying, and implement it into our classrooms. Yeah, absolutely. That's really great that you were able to do that. <laughs> but as you're saying, though, you, a lot of the time you don't have that opportunity to do it, though. Mm-hmm. So why do you think a lot of staff have a negative response or an attitude sometimes to PL? Uh, so this is possibly an oversimplification, but it's, it's because it's mandatory. <laughs> yeah. And not so much the mandatory nature itself, but the flow-on effects of the fact that it's mandatory can create a negative feeling for a lot of us, myself included. As teachers... We might find a few PL events that really interest us that we really want to attend in a year, and that's great. But as we touched on, a lot of our PL is something that our school has set up for us. 
or something that we feel obliged or obligated to attend or something that we've just picked up to fill our required PL hours. We're human. Sometimes that happens. (laughs) And no one wants to go to a PL that they're not actually invested in. This is actually really strongly linked to the same notion of why we do things like set learning intentions and success criteria for our students. That idea of supporting engagement and buy-in We need that as well. When we go to a PL, we need to have essentially our own version of that. And those learning intentions, if you will, for our professional learning, they need to align with our teaching pedagogy. They need to align with our values and our philosophies. The purpose of to meet my professional learning hours this year is not a good enough reason to go to a PL. We're not going to get a lot out of it or as much out of it as if we had a different mindset around it when we went in. So even if the PL is really excellent, we're sort of setting ourselves up not to maximize what we're getting from it if we don't go in with the right mind frame. Yeah, and I I would agree. It is a lot of that mindset, isn't it, towards... I know that, again, like I've done some that I've got to choose to do, uh, which have been some numeracy ones, and that motivation to do that and attend has been wonderful. But then some of the ones that maybe the school of set that I don't particularly have that passion and enjoyment for, I feel like I have to do it. I don't have that excitement and enjoyment Mm -hmm. to to do it as much. So, yeah, totally agree with what you're saying there. We've kind of discussed this a little bit, Charlotte, but why is PL sometimes harder transfer into the classroom and into your classroom or whoever's it might be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, generally PL will give us some sort of new strategy or new teaching approach or something that we want to try. And if it's a really good PL, then it will talk about implementation. It won't just talk about the theory, but it'll talk about what it should look like in the classroom. But largely, as we've touched on, that implementation still falls on us as the teacher. After the PL, we have to go back to school and we have to work out when and how we're going to implement the new approach. We've got to make any supporting resources and then possibly tweak it a few times to suit our students and our unique teaching style. You know, we might try it once and go, oh, okay, I kind of got the hang of it that time, but I think I could do it a bit differently next time. So we might need to try it a few times. And honestly, we just don't have the time to do that over and over and over again for every PL that we attend not to mention that we might walk away from a single PL with multiple things that you want to try and implement so then you've got to do it multiple times (laughs) now let's just say that you do manage to do that you spend the time you implement the new thing then you actually have another barrier to overcome and this one is actually bigger and it's far more difficult to navigate And it's linked to how far the new approach that we're trying sits outside of our teaching pedagogy. So if the new approach that we're trying aligns with our belief system about what we think good teaching looks like, then we will be able to embed it into our practice fairly easily if we can create those you know resources that we need to use that approach we'll be able to fit it in we'll be able to add it into our toolkit if you will (laughs) but if something challenges our beliefs about teaching it's far more difficult and it takes far longer to embed that into our practice to give you a really really strong example imagine a teacher who has been trained in chalk and talk And they've been teaching for 20 years that way. And they rock up to a PL on inquiry. And then they're trying to implement it. They might give it a go once, but that sits so far outside what they're used to and what they think that teaching should look like. And their toolkit for their sort of go-to things that they draw upon, that new approach sits so far outside it that it's going to take much more than a single PL to get them to shift their teaching practice. And linking back to the purpose of PL, we want to change our teaching practice at least to a degree. (laughs) You know, we might not necessarily be talking about something quite as strong as going from chalk and talk to inquiry, but the the idea of us going to PL is to adjust and improve our teaching practice, at least in some aspect. Yeah, excellent. No, again, really fascinating. As I said, really enjoying this conversation. So then how would you say that 
would be the best way to then transfer PL into your classroom then? Look, it's a really hard question to answer. And um, I just want to also be a little bit um, humble here and say, I don't know, like, I don't think that I have the answer to this. I've done the research to this, but I think it would be really naive to say, I've got the answer. (laughs) I think I have a answer, (laughs) Um, but I think there are many answers and it's a really multifaceted problem. There's lots of layers and it's also quite personal. You know, what works for one teacher isn't going to work for another. Mm. Uh, One of the, you know, if you want a simple, straightforward response (laughs) that you can do the next time you go to a PL, when you schedule a professional learning course, book in time after it to sit down and plan to implement it block it off in your calendar at the same time as when you're booking the event and go, okay, the event is, you know, Tuesday from nine to five. And then Wednesday from two till four, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to plan what I want to implement in the classroom and block off that time and protect it. The other option is shameless plug coming, but come to my PL. No, beautiful. Love that. Well, uh, as I said, we're going to talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. And I definitely want to give you a great plug. But um, yeah, no, really, really, really great advice there. And I think, I guess I mentioned that before that we kind of sat down a little bit afterwards, that one that we had for riding. And I feel I felt like that was extremely beneficial to be able to put a bit of a plan in place. So as I said, yeah, really great advice there. So how do you think schools should structure their PL throughout a term and then like all throughout the year? So this is pretty difficult to answer because what works for one school isn't going to work for another. So there isn't a cookie cutter answer to this. And schools have school-wide focuses that are absolutely credible and legitimate. I don't want to come on here and say uh, school-wide PL is bad because it's not. School-wide PL is there for a reason. Our school leaders get in a room, they look at the whole school cohort and how they're tracking, and they come up with something that they want everyone to focus on. For example, something like reading. Mm-hmm. And then they'll set up PL for the whole school faculty accordingly. I think the better question here is how should schools approach that school-wide PL that they're giving to their staff? Because as we touched on before, as teachers, we're not going to get much of PL that we're made to attend that might be on a topic that we're not necessarily personally interested in uh, upskilling ourselves in. We're individuals. We have individual teaching goals. And if I'm a teacher and my school wants me to focus on reading, that's fine. But my focus might be on effective classroom questioning. And so immediately I view the reading PL as a bit of a waste of my time. And so I think what schools need to do is recognize that and stop expecting teachers to immediately be on board with school-wide topics and school-wide approaches. The answer to why am I attending this PL that comes from the staff can't be because we've had a look at the kids and this is what they need. That might be true, but that's not going to resonate with us as teachers necessarily. Before you try and give your entire school faculty a PL on a topic that you've picked for them, sit down with them and spend some time pulling out their individual whys and their reasons that matter, just like you would when you ask students to set learning goals. Why does this matter to you is an answer that's going to vary from teacher to teacher. And I think that we need to start applying our knowledge of how our students learn best and apply that to our PL because it's often not used. Yeah, no, totally agree. So I guess this is kind of adding on to this question here. So differentiation of PL for staff. And I think I know where your opinion is with this. Do you think this is a good idea and and schools should be offering this for staff then? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think what's relevant and helpful for one teacher is not helpful or relevant for another teacher. And as I said in my previous response, we need to apply what we know about learning to ourselves. When we're doing PL, we are the students and a lot of educational theory suits us as well. Yes, there are some nuances when it it comes to teaching adults, but a lot of our sort of big 
common best practice approaches that we use in our classrooms on our students, we should be using when we teach teachers. <laughs> yeah, and as you're saying, like we're, we're doing it with the students, so there's no reason why we shouldn't be adding that into our PL as well. So no, totally agree there. So do you think teachers should be able to choose their own PL uh, they would like to do instead of what maybe the school has organised for them? Instead of, no. But I do think that absolutely teachers should be picking their own things. Uh, going back to my previous point, teach, schools need to recognise that if they're making their staff do PL on a particular topic, then they need to take the time to create that buy-in. And that is what's going to make it a worthwhile investment. How do you get teachers to pay attention and stop checking our email in school-wide PL? <laughs> you show us why it's important to us as an individual. And our schools expect us to use things like learning intentions and success criteria with our kids. So why don't they do that for us? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally agree. So what do you think people presenting PL, and you've done a lot of this, um, should be remembering before they're presenting, during their presenting their PL, and then after presenting PL? What do you think are some key points as a presenter? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And I, I do think that uh, teachers make the best PL presenters. And interestingly, a lot of PL is not delivered by teachers. It might be delivered by an academic who is amazingly knowledgeable, but may not have been in the classroom for many, many years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if, if you're a teacher and you're presenting PL, you've probably got this pretty nailed. But uh, some reminders, I think before presenting and during presenting, it's to remember to actually teach. As I said, adult education does have some nuances, but there are similarities in how we learn and the things that we need. And this should inform how we're planning our PL and then how we deliver it. Things like scaffolding, learning intentions, creating relevant resources, and considering the format that you're presenting information in. A lot of PL is presented lecture style, even though there are so many alternatives, many of which might be better. Uh, in terms of after presenting, this is slightly more difficult if we're talking about sort of big companies and their PL. But if you're a school leader and you're delivering in-house PL, then consider the follow-up. This is the part that is most neglected. Once our teachers walk out of the room and the PL is over, often it's never talked about again. It's never revisited. The concepts are not revisited. We wouldn't do that to our kids. <laughs> uh, multiple exposures, theory of multiple exposures. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, many, many school leaders being teachers themselves do tend to plan and deliver really excellent PL sessions, but the follow-up is harder. And there is no denying that in terms of the presenter, it does require a bit more time. But like I said, you don't teach your students a new concept in a single lesson and then never bring it up again and expect them to remember it and apply it. You build on it over time and you revisit it. And PL should be the same. We need multiple exposures to a concept in order to make it stick. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to run multiple PL events. But if you give your faculty a PL on a particular topic, set aside time in a staff meeting two, three weeks later and talk about it, have a brainstorm, say who's tried this, what worked, what didn't work, just discuss it again and give teachers new ideas of how to continue to implement that thing. Yeah, wonderful yeah, advice. Follow up. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think we've, we've been bringing it up, up uh, quite a bit today is that follow-up and that uh, continued discussion about yeah that reflection time and I think it is an extremely important part which is probably the first thing to go and disappear after a PL isn't it like it, 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 it's it something is. that doesn't yeah. happen enough and I think we've mentioned it quite a bit and I think it's the one area that's missing a lot of the time so I think it's wonderful wonderful advice there so what would be your top five tips to get the most out of PL okay uh, first one, pre-think what you want out of a specific PL or a specific session. So essentially before you go, make your own learning goals. 
And again, make it something that's actually, I mean, we're teachers, we know how to make a learning goal, <laughs> but your learning goal can't be because I need to get my PL hours. <laughs> <laughs> make a learning goal for yourself. And I say that because a lot of PL, they're just not going to give you one. <laughs> so do it yourself. Make a learning goal that is personal to you. Uh, second tip, if you're able to record the session, uh, even if it's, you know, on your phone as a voice note, uh, that just links back to theory of multiple exposures. If you can listen to that again while you're driving to work or sitting on the train or cleaning the house, if you can refresh yourself on the things that were talked about, it's really beneficial. So if you can record it in some way, if you're allowed to do that, definitely do that. Uh, the third one, this is oddly simple, but <laughs> I stick by it which is to get a dedicated PL notebook. And if you're a digital human, this can absolutely be digital uh, or it can be physical if you're a analog kind of human. Now, as this does sound really oversimplistic, but out of sight, out of mind is really real. And if we take notes on, you know, the notepad that was given to us in the goodie bag when we walk into the PL event or a scrap bit of paper, then the chances of us never looking at it again are really high. <laughs> if we have a dedicated notebook or a folder on our computer that all of our notes go in anytime we attend a PL and then that book goes and sits on your desk front of mind, you will see it day to day and you'll go, oh, what was that thing that I learned at that PL? And you'll grab it and you'll open it and you'll look at it. And so it's just making that information more accessible after the fact. Mm. Um, the fourth one is understand that often it will be on us as the teacher to take the responsibility to revisit those key concepts. And I think I said this one before, which is to book some time in your calendar after an event to follow up, to create the relevant resources. And if you go to something as a team, doing that as a team is absolutely perfect and gold. And you can also divide up the workload. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even if you go alone, set that time aside so that you have it. And you might not need it. I mean, you might leave a PL and go, I actually kind of knew all of that or I can see really easily how I'm going to implement this. So you might not need the time, but set it aside. <laughs> Removing it is easier than trying to put it in. <laughs> and then my final one is come to my PL. <laughs> Love that. And uh, we're about to talk about it in one more second before I ask you one more other question. But I was just sitting there jotting all those five tips down there, Charlotte. And um, I think they're, they're really great ones. They're really good things that sometimes you just forget to do. I've got my diary that I have like at the back, I've got all my PL stuff. And I must say during team planning time and the numeracy ones that I've done, all the, all the writing PDs that I've done this year in particular, coming back to it to be able to get mm -hmm. some ideas and all that kind of thing's been really beneficial for me. And mm -hmm. I think that simple one of being able to record it, it's like, I love listening to a podcast. You probably would have never guessed, but um, <laughs> but uh, having that opportunity to go back and listen, I know that I've listened to a lot of teacher podcasts and those kind of things, and I might have listened it to it two or three times, but I don't go back to the ones that I might have done at school or or other ones along the way that I've done mm. Um, mm. outside of school or those kind of things. So I think that's a really really great idea. So no, as I said, I was sitting there the whole time jotting away. So uh, fantastic <laughs> ideas. And we, before we talk about Grow PL, what's the best PL that you've participated in and why? I went to uh, a conference at the University of Canterbury in New Zealand. Uh, and this was a PE-focused professional learning course because I am a science and PE teacher. <laughs> and they delivered a mock lesson with us as the students. And it was so great because... During the lesson, we would pause and they would talk about the research and the theory behind what they were doing while they were doing it. So we could experience it as our students would, and I could immediately see how it would look when I went to, to do it in my lesson. And I could immediately see the changes that I might like to make for my specific students. 
and they were talking about the information and that theory behind it and pairing it together and delivering it like that made it so powerful and so meaningful. I will never forget that PL. I still remember it. I remember everything I learned in it. Uh, and it required very little effort for me to implement it afterwards. Yeah, love yeah. that. Awesome. I also, uh, I did a Bachelor of PE in Health Education. So I uh, got the connection there with the, <laughs> with the PE side of things. So it's uh, great to hear another PE teacher out there, which is wonderful. <laughs> So we're now going to talk about what you're doing now, which is really wonderful. So can you uh, tell me about Grow PL and how did it all come about? You kind of mentioned that a little bit, but yeah, would you like to share a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the short answer is that essentially Grow PL, which is my professional learning company, is a response to my master research. So I said before, I don't presume to have all of the answers for how to fix all of the problems in PL, but I do think I have some of them. And there is this giant gap in PL, this lack of follow-up that we've been talking about. So much PL is delivered in one-off sessions, a day or a half-day event or an hour or two. And then you are just completely left on your own to implement it, which is really, really hard. <laughs> and I don't think that that really takes into account what we deal with as teachers on our day-to-day basis on our day-to-day -day lives in the classroom. No matter how good the PL is, we go back to school and we have marking to do and we have students to teach and we have a parent email to respond to. And no matter how well-intentioned we are, it's really hard to consistently put aside the time to implement what we're learning at PL. And I really wanted to change that. So the premise of GROW is that it's not one-off sort of set and forget PL. We've tried to hit a balance between giving you ongoing support while not demanding heaps of your time. So we do pretty much everything that we can think of <laughs> to take off your plate aside from the actual teaching part. <laughs> so we create all of the relevant resources for you. We create planning guides for you. We do literally everything that is appropriate for us to be doing so that you can go and do the teaching part. <laughs> and we follow up with you. We want to keep things fresh in your mind. So when you do a course on Grow, over the next three months, you will get ongoing support to implement the things that you've learned in that PL. And that's not to say that you have to give us an hour of your time again. You don't, we'll send you an email and go, hey, have you tried it like this? Here's a, a worksheet that you can print out, give it a go. And just continually little reminders and support and reflection and the opportunity to connect with other teachers who also might be trying these things that you can talk to. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that's that's a little bit about Grow and how it, how it came about. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> And do you want to mention like some of the courses that you're offering at the moment? Yeah, sure. So you can think of Grow a little bit like YouTube for teachers. So it's membership based. So you become a Grow member and then it's PL on your own terms. So you can pick the topics that interest you when they interest you. You get access to a library of our courses. We've got 22 courses in there right now and we add a new course each month. And so you can browse our library and you can pick what's relevant for you. And I know that that really changes term to term, you know, one term you might be going, oh, I've got this group of kids and I really don't know how to help them. So I really want to, you know, look at some more differentiation ideas. And then the next term, you might have something completely different that you need. So the idea is that it's this YouTube-like library of courses that you can go to you can access them in your own time and you can work through them at your own pace so it's self-paced and once you finish them that's great you get your PL certificate and then we'll keep helping you implement the things that you've learned long term you don't have to do all of Grow's courses there's no requirement there we just give you access to the library so you can pick and choose when you want to do what you want to do but you don't have to do them all by any means you could do one you could do eight <laughs> you could do as many or as few as you like 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how that's how it works. Yeah, beautiful. And I think that's fantastic. I think it's great that you've got that opportunity to have that choice. And as you're saying, having that library to be able to pick through. And as you're saying, mm -hmm. one term you might be wanting to look at this, but then as you're saying, something might come up in term three that you go, oh, I really need to look at this area. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And it was it was really important to us to create PL in a way that was accessible for teachers. Teaching is one of those jobs where you take a day off and that means returning to more work <laughs> than when you left. Yep. Not to mention that if you don't live in a major city, PL often involves lengthy travel times. You can probably relate to that being in Bendigo. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so we really did want to bring PL to teachers rather than making you come and get it. <laughs> we do feel really strongly about that equitable access so GROW's membership is annual and it's roughly the same price as a single full day PL ticket, less in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so for that, you're getting that ongoing PL, you're getting an ever-present community of teachers, you're getting that library of topics and courses uh, with new courses each month. So the library continues to grow, pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> No, love it. No, I think what a wonderful idea and um, credit to you for all the hard work and everything you've done to get that up and running. I think it's a wonderful idea. So good on you, Charlotte. Um, so where can listeners find you and anyone else who's listening? How can they sign up to uh, Grow PL? So you can go to www.growpl.com.au and you can check out our membership page there. If you want to check us out on social media, you can follow us on Instagram. It's grow.pl. We're also on Twitter, grow underscore PL. <laughs> or you can search us on Facebook, search Grow Professional Learning. Excellent. And what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll put all of those into uh, the show notes underneath uh, the podcast. So if anyone wants to grab that at any stage, Charlotte, they can click on those links and, and find you there. And then, yeah, I'll also put it into uh, all the posts that we put out with this podcast as well. So people can find it there as well. And is there anything else you'd like to mention about Grow PL? Yes. <laughs> uh, I would like to tell all of your teacher listeners if you want a discount, <laughs> uh, we've made a discount code for you specifically. Discount code is TODPOD. <laughs> uh, and teachers can use that to get $50 off their first year with a grow. Awesome. Well, that's my first discount code that I've had on the podcast, Charlotte. So uh, thank you for being the first. And uh, thank you so much for the wonderful offer to all the listeners oh, as well. So uh, I'm very honoured to be your first discount code. <laughs> no, it's very exciting. I feel like uh, I've moved up in the ranks here. So no, uh, it's wonderful. So again, I'll put that all into the show notes as well. So anyone can check that out and get all the information for that. But uh, no, very exciting and love the little thing, Todd Pod. That's uh, fantastic. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and before we finish with a little game, I'm just going to ask you one more question. Mm -hmm. So uh, what's one teaching resource you couldn't live without? I'm going to give you another really corny answer. <laughs> Cor corny, but true. It's other teachers. <laughs> I really strongly believe that alternative perspectives and ideas are worth their weight in gold. I never want to be the smartest person in a room because if I am, then I'm not learning and that's a massive problem. And I just think other teachers have so much experience and knowledge and sharing it. There is nothing more valuable. No, I think that's uh, not corny at all. I think it's a fantastic <laughs> one. And a lot of the time, Obviously, I really enjoy teaching and working with the students, but a lot of the reason I go to, to go to work as well is I've got a great staff that I get to work with every day. And mm -hmm. um, that would be one of the major reasons that I go to work as well. So um, I think that's a that's a really good one. I, not one that I would have thought of. So I think that's a great, great one. So well done. S slightly laterally thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> no, loved it. So you're happy to play a quick little game before we finish up today? Absolutely. So this is just called one word with Todd. So I'm just going to say a word and whatever first word that comes to your mind, you can say that. And if you'd like to extend the answer a little bit more as well, that's uh, and explain it a little bit more. That's not a problem at all. Okay, great. First one is coffee. In an IV. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm with you there. Uh, teaching. 
love. Uh, a staff meeting. <laughs> Overused. <laughs> Yeah. They're good, they're necessary, but some of them can be an email. <laughs> yes, oh, I feel like a very similar response for everyone uh, so far. <laughs> uh, Instagram. Fun. Uh, yard duty. Really fun. <laughs> I love yard duty. You get to play with the kids. It's great. Yeah. No, it is good fun. I enjoy it as well. Uh, holidays. Relaxing. <laughs> uh, the staff room. Um, oh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> um, safe. Yep. And professional learning. Todd, I can't put that in one word. <laughs> oh, that's why, I thought, that's why I chucked it in there. I wanted to see what you'd say. <laughs> <sighs> um, inspiring. Excellent. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, no, I thought I'd chuck that one in there. I thought I, that might throw you late at the end. <laughs> Yep, yep. I can't. I find that hard to put in a single word. Yes. Yeah, I thought you. I thought you might, but uh, no, you did a very good job there. Uh, I liked all your answers, so I'll give you the win there, Charlotte. So well done. Thank you, thank you. What's my prize? Uh, that is a good point. Uh, maybe I'm, <laughs> I haven't got a prize yet. I might need to try and get a sponsor or something to be able to give some prizes out or something, Charlotte. Leave Maybe it with we me. can work something out with Grow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have been people that I know I get to catch up with. I normally try and give them a drink or something as a celebration. So I might have to try and catch up with you at some stage along the way and uh, get you a drink to say, uh, well done. And you've won uh, one word with Todd. Uh, I'm excited. I actually come through Bendigo quite a bit. So <laughs> oh, well, uh, feel free to come and visit at any stage. <laughs> Uh, and that is actually the end of the podcast. So Charlotte, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. I was really intrigued about everything and really interested in everything that you shared today. I love what you're doing with uh, Grow PL. I think you've done a wonderful job starting that up and, and good on you for taking a bit of a risk and, and going out there and doing that. And yeah, as I said, I was writing notes the whole way through and I got a lot out of the pod today. And um, hopefully you really enjoyed coming on to the uh, Toddcast as well today. I have been looking forward to this ever since we started discussing it and it was utterly delightful. Thank you so much. And I hope to everyone listening that you took something away from it. No, absolutely. As I said, I was taking notes and uh, I'm sure many others will be doing the same. And for anyone listening out there, feel free to go and ask Charlotte any questions. I'm sure you'd be more than happy to uh, on Instagram or Facebook or email. You'd be happy to uh, help out in any absolutely. way. Yep, absolutely. Any questions, whatever method is most convenient <laughs> to submit questions on, if it's social media or email, um, yep, come find me, ask questions, please. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, as I said, good luck for the rest of the year and uh, good luck with Grow PL and all the extra content that you're going to be adding out through the rest of the year. I look forward to it. I always keep up to date with everything you're doing on Instagram. So I look forward to seeing what you do for the rest of the year. And yeah, thank you so much again for coming onto the podcast today. Thank you. Awesome. I'll see you later, Charlotte. Thanks. Bye. And that is the end of episode 20 of the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. What a wonderful conversation it was with Charlotte today. I found it extremely interesting and I hope you guys got a lot out of it as well. Make sure you go and check out Grow PL. Go onto Facebook or the website or Instagram. Uh, make sure you sign up. You've got that discount code as well, uh, which I am truly appreciative of Charlotte giving that out to all the loyal listeners that I do have on the Toddcast. So make sure you go and check out Grow PL. And I cannot wait for you to join me in a couple of weeks' time for the next episode of the Toddcast. See you later.